Welcome to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast presented by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Emily Purcell. Each week for the next year, you'll hear an essay from our book read by the author. Igniting the Fire Within is a collection of stories of healing, hope, and humor, offering an insider's view into today's young breast cancer community. We compiled 50 essays from people diagnosed in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. There's medicine for each of us in these stories, whether you've been personally diagnosed with cancer or not. Wildfire stories in general, but especially the ones you'll hear from Igniting the Fire Within, are stories of transformation. Our storytellers experienced a shift in perspective as a result of something that happened to them. And the cancer diagnosis was not the thing that happened, or it wasn't the only thing. The cancer diagnosis was merely the catalyst for later changes that led our writers to understand the deep truths about the world. Each one of them learned lessons that showed them what it is to live, not just survive, in the glare of cancer. We believe deeply that the stories that change us aren't so much about what happened as they are about what came next. And hearing those stories, true stories of transformation, that's what ignites the fire within each of us. A listener note before we dive in, cancer is a salty business. Sometimes talking about it and the aftermath requires salty language. Listener discretion is advised. Today's storyteller is Erin Stadola. Erin completed a Master's of Museum Studies that focused on feminism and anti-colonial curation. At 29, she was diagnosed with triple negative stage 1 breast cancer and the BRCA1 genetic mutation. Here's Erin Stadola reading her essay titled, The Moments Between. Sometimes identity is formed in a singular moment. Anyone diagnosed with something like cancer can attest to this. Most of the time, though, identity is formed in the string of moments between and after a crucial juncture when we reflect, stretch, question, and honor. If we remember to pay attention to the moments between, it can be a remarkably fruitful place for learning. This is what the moments between have taught me. I had never considered breasts as part of my identity before breast cancer. They were, at best, a slight annoyance. At worst, a drain on financial resources, a target for unwanted attention and objectification, and although I didn't know it then, a ticking time bomb. I thought about them as little as possible until breast cancer happened, and then they became all I thought about. My breasts, in their natural, reconstructed, and absent forms, ironically became a thread by which I crafted an identity of strength. After a breast cancer diagnosis at 29 years old, and learning that I carried the BRCA1 mutation, my plan of treatment was to undergo six months of chemotherapy and a complete mastectomy. While I knew that options for how surgery might look existed, I was presented with a single one, nipple-sparing bilateral mastectomy with immediate reconstruction. The aesthetic part was my sliver of autonomy. A symptom of living with a female body under patriarchy is that we are conditioned to be dissatisfied with our female bodies at all times. At all times. I certainly did fit this description and did not trust myself to make a clear-headed decision about surgically altering my body without professional guidance. I began to unpack years of shame and perfectionism with a therapist, 
and as a result, felt a fundamental shift in my relationship to my body as I learned to quiet the internal and external rhetoric of how my body should look. So I asked the plastic surgeon to use implants the same size as my natural breasts. Between natural breasts and breast implants, I learned to honor my body. No one wants to tell a young woman faced with surgical removal of both her breasts that replacing them with implants will feel nothing like the real thing. I was lukewarm from the onset of my relationship with the reconstructed breasts. Clothed, they appeared very natural. They allowed me to move through the world with one less cancer-induced physical change, and I felt conflicted about not feeling grateful. I hated that the skin over my implants felt cold in the winter, that I couldn't lie on my stomach, that there was a hollow space between me and the recipient of an embrace. The implants were awkward and uncomfortable and, well, fake. They didn't align with the new peace I felt towards my body. I began to wonder who these breast implants were for, as they certainly were not serving the one living with them. A complicated and painful surgery in order to mimic breasts that could not feel or feed children seemed absurd. So who then was I doing this for? Did I need to be doing it all if it wasn't making me happy? The obvious answers are everyone else and no. In hindsight, it's obvious, but it took introspection and persistence and learning and unlearning to get to this obvious answer for myself. I stripped away, piece by piece, the expectations that society puts on female bodies. These bodies that are meant to be neatly presented in a slim, hairless, young, white, breasted, buttocked, undimpled, perfectly unmessy package that those of us living in female bodies must go to every length to attain and maintain. These are the rules we are all given. In light of these culturally ingrained rules, it was disappointing but not surprising that when I looked to surgically go against these rules and have my breast implants removed, that I was met with resistance. There are many who benefit from these rules being upheld. It is not people living in female bodies, surely. But I knew that on my own trajectory of setting these rules aside and truly seeking what was right for me, I heard that obvious answer loud and clear. The implants had to go. So with a clarity that came from within, insisting that I knew what I wanted became easier. Surgeons not immune to ideas about female bodies resisted and tried to dissuade me. People in my life steeped in the same rules we all are couldn't see beyond to a place where the rules don't need to be followed if they don't make sense. But in the face of all this, I listened to my voice. It was steadfast and strong. Between breast implants and no breasts, I learned to honor myself. It wasn't the moment I woke up with a new chest or no chest that I found my identity. It was the moments between. The between is a place of seeking. It's a murky place where steps are heavy. It's a messy place. The moments between wading through this mess is also the place where effort becomes strength and clarity. 
It becomes a place where the reason for struggle is clear as day. It's light guiding the path forward. I'm Emily Purcell, and you've been listening to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn. Check us out at wildfirecommunity.org to order your copy of the book so you can read along each week. You'll also find our magazine and storytelling workshops there. Big thanks to our producer, Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant, Monica Haro. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. If you like what you hear, tell your best friend, tell your mom, tell your oncologist. I mean, really tell everyone you know. Or head into your podcast app and leave us a starred review to help others find their way to igniting their own fire within. Bye.